Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number two. Today, the incredible Jennifer Olmstead will walk you through the steps of creating a unique and memorable brand, the number one thing to remember when creating a new website, and how she gets to the heart of her clients before she even starts designing. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop-style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of the Gold Digger Podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash Gold Digger to get started and get your life back today. Hello, Gold Digger listeners. Today, I am so excited to have my dear friend, Jen Olmstead on. Hi, Jen. Hello, hello. And Jen was my recent, the brains and the beauty behind my recent new website launch. And Jen was my top pick when I had my first ever custom site built five years into my business. And we actually met in January at a workshop together where we shared a few gin and tonics and a really nice cheese board in a hotel room. And (laughs) Jen has her own design business, jenomsa.com. And then she also is a co-founder of the Tonic Site Shop, with our dear friend, Jeff Shipley. And since this is a girl-dominated podcast, we're just talking to Jen today. So welcome, Jen. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about you and how you got started and where you are at now? Well, first of all, I don't think that I'm the brains and the beauty behind your website launch. Let's put that back on you. (laughs) Thank you, though. Yeah, so I am a custom designer, which is why, obviously, I worked with you for your website. And then I'm also one half of Tonic Site Shop. So a few years ago, my partner, Jeff Chipley, and I, who can't be on here because he's not a lady. Sorry, Jeff. (laughs) We love you. We started a company because we were getting so many custom inquiries, and we realized 
that there was this huge demand for creatives who wanted great websites. And we're fortunate to work into a field where I never have to convince anyone that they need a killer website. They're telling me, oh my gosh, Jen, like my website is terrible. I need your help. I need your help. And so we realized that we couldn't personally service as many clients as we wanted to. And that there was a huge demand for websites that looked as custom as anything we were building for our clients, but that could be customized to fit anyone. So we created this company called Tonic Site Shop, where we <laughs> offer what we call uh, templates for people who give a damn. <laughs> because yeah, exactly. But templates that don't look like templates, essentially, that you can customize to fit your brand that are put with every like bit of heart and design and effort and intentionality as we build anything we build for custom clients. So we've been doing that for, I guess, four years now. We just launched our brand new fall collection this last week. So if I sound sleepy, it's probably because of that. <laughs> <laughs> but we absolutely love it. It allows us just to have like endless creativity and we put so much heart and soul and design into them. And I basically get to design for these clients that we make up in our head. So one of our clients like this time was this like sexy French editorial I brand. And we just made it up and we're like, oh, what would, what would this brand want? So anyway, it's incredibly fulfilling and I get to work with one of my best friends. So it's really just a win-win all around. I love that. And one of the funnest things, I don't even think funnest is a word, but today it is most fun things is, um, working with Jen. Then we got to get to know Jeff. And when Drew and I went out to Seattle for our anniversary this summer, we hung out with Jeff and Darren and now Jeff is actually designing Drew's website. And so I'm so excited to have both sides of the powerhouse that they are together because Jeff and Drew vibe so well and me and Jen vibe yeah. so well. And so it's really exciting to see when two very different people come together how incredible it is. And I know you guys too, you challenge each other and you battle it out in a good way and you really just push each other to be the best that you guys can be. And that is so exemplary in your recent launch. I'm so excited about it. I love it because I think that's the strength of collaboration. You know, as entrepreneurs, I think we tend to be solopreneurs. And mm -hmm. because of what I do now with Jeff, I can totally see the benefit of even if you don't have a partner of working with someone closely that pushes you, that compliments you, that drives you in other areas. And in my case, like I'm definitely a type focused designer and I love type. I love playing with funds. I love that. I love like the story behind a brand since my background is in journalism. And Jeff was a photographer for like many years. I'm not going to say six because I don't know why that number just randomly comes <laughs> into my head and I don't think it's right. But he was a photographer. So his eye is totally based on like how should your portfolio be curated and what images would complement this perfectly. So in our design process for Tonic, it's awesome because I sit down and I'm working on the brand and the fonts and the tones and the layouts. And Jeff is like, here's the perfect photographer. Here's the work that's going to make this come alive. Here's how we should lay out this gallery to make like the work really show at its best. So we just are very complimentary in our styles. And it's made me realize how we need each other as creatives. I love that. And one of the things that I love the most about you two, when I've talked to you both separately and together is you face something very similar to what I faced about a year ago when my mission was to help as many people as possible. But when you try to do that on a one-on-one -on -one basis, one, you get drained really fast 
Um, but two, you just feel like you're not enough because you're not, there's not enough hours in the day to help every single person. And what I love is your solution so that you can still serve those custom clients, but you can also serve this broader audience who might not have a custom budget quite yet, who might not have, um, the idea or the design behind what they need in be able to verbalize that. And so what I love is that you guys have taken your passions and you still both separately operate in some aspects aspects of the business, but then you came together and said, how can we serve the most people that actually give a damn about their website? And you did it in such a neat way. So how did that come about? Because I know that's a weird road to navigate when your heart is in custom, but you realize in order to reach your goal of helping more people, you have to make a change. Yeah. So what, what I began to realize is totally through, you know, ruining my life and messing up basically. So (laughs) this this is a great conversation. No. So what I began to do because I loved what I did so much and I saw the value and I had so many clients that I wanted to work with. I took too many clients on at the same time. And because I was serving so many people, I ended up serving so few of them as well as I possibly could that I realized that if I had continued down that path, I was going to A, lose all of my inspiration because I was expending so much energy. And then number two, I wouldn't serve the clients who I loved so dearly so well. And because of the kind of the process that I have in design, and we can talk about a little bit more about that in a minute here, I end up spending hours upon hours, as you know, (laughs) hours upon hours with my clients. And so I don't have that many hours, especially now that I have a little two-year-old named Serena and I want to spend time with my husband like you do so well with with Drew. We just realized that in, in order to kind of create the life and the lifestyle that I wanted to live while using the gifts that I believe God's given me to the best of my ability, I had to make a change. And I did feel like I had a heart and a vision for helping people more so than just like giving them a great website, but giving them a realization of a dream that so many of them have, which is what would it be like to have the articulation of who I am on the internet where a client can look at my website and go, this is the one, this is the person I've been looking for. This is the person I'm going to entrust to shoot my wedding or to take care of me or to do my stationery or whatever it is. This is that person. And I can tell because of the few minutes that I've spent on this website. So, so many creatives have that dream. And in order for us to give more people the realization of that that dream we realized that we had to do something that was more mass market but that still felt entirely curated custom and bespoke Um, and so that's the coolest thing that we hear so often from tonic clients is they're like oh my gosh I stumbled across this and I couldn't believe that someone had built a website that was exactly me and so we love, I mean, that's just like music to my ears because obviously right. we built it to try to be an attraction for a lot of people. And so if someone feels like we created just for them. That's like, oh my gosh, like this is why we do what we do. I love that and appreciate that so much. And the funny thing was when I went out to decide to do a custom website, it actually wasn't that hard of a decision to choose you because what I've seen you do in some of our really good friends' websites from the Marances to Amy and Jordan to Caitlin James, you have taken their brand and elevated it in a unique way that is unique to them. And so what I think is so crazy about the way that you design is that no site looks the same. They all feel very different based off of your clients, you know, their brand. And I don't know how you, like, I really don't know how you do that. Um, It's really amazing because I think a lot of designers portfolios, you can just look and say, well, I want the light bright and airy, but 
you know, then all of those designs look like that. And when I look at your portfolio, I look at it and I see my friends in the sites that you've created for them. And I think that is such a crazy gift. Well, I would say that my goal as a designer is to disappear into the work entirely. And so while I believe that like there are some principles of good design and principles of my style, even that you probably see threaded throughout, I think if that anyone looks at a website and goes, oh, I bet Jen designed this, then I failed. Um, because they shouldn't be seeing me. They should be seeing through the website, the lens of that website to the client. And so why should your website look like Justin and Mary's? I mean, you are nothing like Justin and Mary. You guys are polar opposites. And so if I designed in a one-size-fit-all style, that's totally the opposite point of custom design. It should feel totally tailored, like, from the ground up. And so I think that a lot of designers have, like, a specific style where they feel comfortable. And that's a totally different way of doing design work because I think a lot of times they attract a particular client. And so that particular client works with them over and over and over. And in my case, I love, because I love people and I love their stories and I love what makes them different, I love doing one project that's totally different from totally different and totally different. And it helps that I'm a little bit um, created ADD. So it gives me this huge high to go from like Justin Mary to you, <laughs> you know, which just couldn't be more different. So I, lo- I love that. I love that so much. And I love kind of telling the stories differently, but telling them well. So let's talk about your design process because I got to witness it, but I want to share kind of how you navigate through such a giant, giant project of an entire website overhaul, especially because you deal with a lot of multifaceted brands. So it's not just photographers, it's educators and artists and bloggers and all of that. So talk us through kind of what that looks like if you, if somebody is considering like, do I want custom? Do I want template? Like, what does that look like if they were going to approach you? So what, this is actually really interesting because a couple of years ago, I had someone give me a little piece of advice and that was that I should try to incorporate more of what I love to do into my work. Um, and so at that point I had a design process that was very similar to everything on the market where I would start the process. We would go through the Pinterest board and then I would design a round of comps and we would review them and we would email back and forth and email back and forth and then email back and forth, um, (laughs) and try to arrive at something that felt right for the client. And that worked. But one of my loves in life is hospitality. I love entertaining. I love quality time together. And I realized at one point after a client came to my home and we worked on it, I was actually Caitlin James. She came to my house and we worked on her website together. And so the first night we sat down and we had tacos and margaritas, which apparently was like Caitlin's first margarita. So I feel like that was a huge honor. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. I was like, I had no idea. And she's like, yeah, that was my first margarita. Um, I love so it. anyway, we got so much done in the course of like 12 hours. And when they left the next day, not only did I, should she have a, a, almost an entire website design, but they left as friends. You know, I knew Caitlin. I knew Caitlin well. And so that changed the entire website process for me because every decision that we made from that point, I ran through the filter of who Caitlin was because I knew her. And so from that point forward, I've started doing a design intensive process where after I book a client, I send them all the homework that you received and we can talk about that, but I send them all the homework that we go through. And then I usually try to have some sketches made. But after that, I either come to go to their house, like I did in your case, which was so fun, 
or I have them into mine and they get to live life with me and my husband and my little girl for a couple of days and I get to feed them dinner. I love to cook and we have cocktails and we work on their design and they leave with their website almost fully designed. And then I leave with really close new friends that I can now pour into for the next couple of months, knowing them so well. I love that. And it was so so fun fun. when we started talking about it because what I love about that approach, and I agree with you, I hate email first off. I think it's the bane of many of our existences. And if anyone is close with me, they know that voice texts are my love language. Yes. Faster (laughs) to talk than it is to type and wait and send. Um, And what was so fun is Jen came out to Wisconsin. She got to see our house. She got to see the dogs, meet Drew. We all went out to dinner. Like it was so much fun. And I think too, then she could really see like the heart of who I am and not just a brand and not just a business, but the person behind it. And what is so cool about my website is that it's me. It's not just what makes me money. It's not just what I do, but it's so much of like, I mean, people compliment and go to it all the time. And they're just like, this is so fun. Like, this is so interactive. And that's what I love. I love that interaction like you do. And so it's such a neat way to do it. And it was so cool because while Jen was at our house, like I was doing watercolor and I was styling photos and we could drop them into the website as she was creating it to see what things looked like so that it wasn't this back and forth email thing. I mean, it would have taken 10 times longer had we done it that way. Oh my gosh, yes. And what you miss in the email process is you miss collaboration because that's what I love with my clients is that I end up having ideas that I would never have if I weren't sitting across from them because they're like, oh yeah, I don't think I love that, but what if you tried blah, blah, blah. And then in that moment, I can try it and go, is that better? Oh my gosh, that's perfect. So you have this collaborative experience that you wouldn't have otherwise because you would just be slogged down into like two weeks of emails about something or like a client will take three or four days to think about something or I take three or four days to think about something and then we've lost the momentum. But yeah, like you said, I mean, it was so interesting talking to you to begin with because you were talking about how you wanted to create this feeling of high end laid back because that was, that's your brand. And I think that was, that was so accurate, but that was still a mystery to me until I spent time with you in person. Cause that's where that came together. It was like, okay, you're super laid back. You like greeted me like fresh from CrossFit and like in your yoga <laughs> clothes. I think you were wearing a shirt with like a bear drinking a beer on it. I can't even remember now, um, <laughs> which was awesome. But then you like walk into your house and your house is spotless. Thank you, Drew. And it's like so gorgeously curated and like, but then you knew every single person at your local restaurant. And there were just so many things that I was like, this is who you are. And I would never have known that. I don't think I would have been able to capture it so well without spending time with you. So I know a lot of designers, like if you're, if you're listening to this and you're a designer, a lot of designers are more introverted. And so this idea terrifies you. (laughs) And I've talked to a few of you like this where you're like, oh my gosh, I would never do that. I can't imagine a client (laughs) looking over my shoulder as I design. In that respect, I would just encourage you to figure out another way that you could collaborate. Like even if you just do a couple of hours of Skype meetings where you get to hang out with the person and like really determine who your client is, um, just figure out a way of incorporating what you, what you love and, and who they are back into the design. And this is just something that's worked for me that I don't know any other designers um, that do it this way. So it was really a huge change. And I'm so grateful that I I changed it. (laughs) I love that. And one of the things too, that I thought was so wonderful is that when we started coming together and as we continue to work together, we are not looking at other people's stuff. Um, Like when we created Pinterest boards, 
I went through and I just went on this rampage of pinning anything that spoke to me, whether it was a sweater or a typeface or a watercolor or color. Um, and it wasn't this, let's go through and look at all these different people's websites and pick out elements that we like. It was this brand new from the ground up thing. And I think that it was so important to tackle it that way, because if you want something that's truly custom, then you shouldn't be looking at what's already been done. So what are your thoughts on that, especially as a designer? Yeah, so I think if it's already been done, it's been done for someone else, you know, and so that's the problem. And one of the one of the things that I like to say when this comes up is that when you start with intention, you create with purpose. And I think that that's kind of the backbone of my approach to design is that all of the homework that I send out to my clients to begin with is about them. You know, it's about, it's starting with their why and their ideal client and what makes them different in the, in the marketplace. And even the Pinterest board that I asked them to curate, like you just said, it's like, what would your brand be like if it was a room? You know, what, what kind of like clothing inspires you? What kind of like, what would your ideal client wear? Those are the questions that I'm asking because I think as soon as you look at other people's websites, you get so drawn into things that have been done before. And so one of the, my, kind of my advice is to stay off Pinterest to begin with altogether. Do your other homework first. Do the homework related to your brand first. So um, one of my favorite exercises that I give to all of my clients that I gave to you too is the brand interview. And I think we're going to share this with you as part of the uh, show notes. So if you're listening yes. to this and you, if you want access to it, this is my favorite part of the design process. So um, one of the things that I say when I'm speaking about this topic is that if you want to know what your brand is, listen to what other people say about you. Because when you listen to your reviews and you listen to the words that people use over and over again, you begin to discover the other people's perception of you and your brand. And that's a huge part of your brand. So I have all of my clients go through the brand interview process where they answer a set of questions like, what would your ideal client be like? What are a few things wrong with the way that your brand is being presented now? Um, a couple of questions like that, and you answer a set of questions. And that's where most design processes stop. You answer a set of questions, and that's it. And I think that your brand is not just what you think, but it's also perception. And so I have another set of people answer the questions. So maybe it's like your spouse or your partner or someone else who's close to you, and then even people in the industry that you respect. And so as you begin to read your responses and their responses and another set of responses, you're going to begin to see this big picture of how people perceive you and how you perceive yourself. And you're start, you'll start hearing the same words over and over and over again. For my clients, Amy and Jordan Demos, I think everyone said the word joyful like three or four times. It was really funny. Everyone was like, you just have so much joy. You're so joyful, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, well, I guess their brain has got to be joyful. Like, okay. <laughs> um, so it's incredibly helpful. And so then you can use that as a filter. When you begin to build your Pinterest boards, you start with an understanding of what makes you different. And if when you're starting with what makes you different, then you're going to appeal to the people who are looking for exactly what makes you different. So in your case, it was so cool because we're like, okay, so high and laid back, you have mac and cheese. You want something that's totally different from anyone else. You know, you want to create a sense of adventure. You want people to like enjoy this really interactive experience. And so we could think through like, what would be interactive? Like, how would we appeal to this bride who we felt like we knew so well as a result of kind of that interview process and some of the other questionnaires that you went through. 
I love that. And I teach something similar. And that's why I loved this interview, guys. You guys have to get your hands on it. We'll have it in the show notes. But it's so powerful. Even if you just want to see where your brand is at today, if you're not even thinking about a rebrand or a website overhaul. Um, But in my courses, one of the things I teach right away is finding your branding words. And I think along the way, so many people have taught about this that it's become very cloudy of what that means. And so people will just say authentic, raw, real, you know, and throw out these words. But one of my first challenges is just to choose an image. It doesn't need to be the most spectacular thing you've ever done, um, but something that just feels consistent to the work you put out. And then ask people to comment, like, what three words do they think of when they see your work? And it's so interesting because a lot of times we think we know what our brand is. And to us, it's crystal clear. But to other people, they might not be interpreting it the way that we do. And so it's such a fun challenge. And I think it's always just eye-opening because if they're aligned with what you want, then you're on to something. But if it's not coming back what you thought, it's time to really dig a little bit deeper into your process and see where things are going astray. Yeah, I think that that's so interesting that you mentioned that because that's when I tell people, because I have people all the time that are like, oh my gosh, Jen, I need to rebrand. Or how do I know when I need to rebrand? And that's just such a common question. And I think in the creative community, we're so attuned to what everyone else is doing. And it seems like someone's launching a new website on the daily. So it's so easy to feel like we're being left behind or what we have is not enough. And just constantly be living in this state of like, oh my gosh, is it good enough? Is it good enough? Should I be changing? Should I be rebranding? Are people getting it? The kind of the rubric that I tell people to follow is to find out if your brand and your work are telling the same story. And that exactly is what you're referring to. So is the perception of your brand what you're putting out there? Does your work support your brand? Or does your brand support your work? Because what your brand is designed to do is to present what you do in your work in the best possible light. And so if it doesn't do that and it's not making clear who you are and what you do at your best, um, then, then it's not successful. And so then that's how you know, okay, it's time. Now, there are times where your brand or your website could say it more clearly, and that's where you can just make some tweaks along the way and make it stronger, but you don't need to completely change everything. And so I think we're often tempted to just like throw everything out and be like, <laughs> none of this is working, start over. <laughs> and like, even in your case, I don't feel like we started from, we didn't start from ground zero. I don't think anyone went, oh my gosh, Jenna looks so different on the internet now. It was a natural evolution of what came before it. And so we just kind of up leveled a little bit. <laughs> and I think um, it's so interesting because I have only ever had one other site created for me and it was very templated and wonderful. And it was what my budget allowed when I started. But I had that same site for four years and my business had continued to change. And so when I reached out to Jen, I was like, I'm really ready to just go for it. Like I'm ready to not blend in because I think a lot of us deal with imposter syndrome or feeling like a fraud in our industry because a lot of us are doing things that we didn't go to school for or maybe didn't expect to have in our lives. And so when I first started, all I wanted to do was blend in. I was like, what can I do to look like everyone else so that I look legit like them? And I think there is so much fear in that. And so what kind of advice would you give somebody who maybe just feels like they're blending in right now? Yeah. So I tell people to start with what makes you different. So go back to the drawing board, figure out why it is you do what you do and who it is that you do it for and begin to think through what separates you 
because no matter how ordinary you feel, there's someone out there looking for exactly what makes you different. So your client is attracted to you for a reason. So maybe it's as simple as asking them. One of the things I found is that the website design process is a great sneaky way to ask for feedback from all of your clients. So, or like for planners or, you know, event coordinators or whoever works with you on a recent basis, ask them, Hey, what is it? What is it that drew you to me? Like, what is it that made our relationship work? And in doing that process, you're going to begin to hear some of the things that set you apart. And so I think that that gives you the confidence to say, okay, this is who I am and I can, I can be confident in it. Um, I think another example of what you're talking about would be Justin and Mary, because when I worked with them, it was kind of hilarious because my other client, Caitlin James and Justin and Mary, they could not be more different. Their clients are very different. And then their websites looked very similar at the, at the beginning of the process. Yes. And if you know either of them, you know that their websites should not look very similar. But I think Justin and Mary had to kind of like, they had the website for like 10 years. I mean, it was a long time before they had a website that was them. And they finally had to go like, hey, we're not light and airy. We're dark and moody. And that's okay. And it was a confidence thing of realizing like that as soon as they took that step, they were going to reach the client that was dark and moody too. And so when we relaunched their website, it was just super affirming because Mary said that the first client they booked after that, like looked like Audrey Hepburn, wanted mostly <laughs> black and white photos, was getting married at some like castle. And it just could not have been more their client. And it was because they took the step of realizing like, this is what makes us different. This is what sets us apart. And we're going to step out in that and be confident in it and live in that. And so I think that's what I would encourage you. Figure out what it is that makes you different and then be bold, be confident because someone out there is going to be so excited that they found you. They're looking for you right now. They can't find you because you're blending in. And as soon as you stand out, they're there for you. I love that. And I think too, it's fun because everyone talks about attracting and repelling, but very few people are actually comfortable with that. And I think that that's part of the business of, like you said, gaining confidence and understanding who you are and being put in a situation kind of like when you started your career and you were saying yes to everything to finally be comfortable in saying no to things and understanding that saying no doesn't mean a bad thing. It's just leaving more rooms for the right yeses. And I think too, with websites, so many of us say, well, yeah, you need to attract or repel, but people don't actually naturally feel comfortable with that. It's not something that would naturally come to you and you'd be like, I'm ready to repel. But I feel like when people come to you and they're saying, I'm willing to put down this money to build something custom, they're at a point in their career where they're ready to repel so that they can attract the right people. Do you agree? Oh, definitely agree. I mean, I think that that's, that's so huge. And I think it is a confidence thing and it's just awareness of who you want to work with. I t- I've told this story a couple of times and I think it's just the best illustration of this, but I was, I was chatting with a couple at WPI a couple of years ago and they were like, Jen, like we're really struggling with our about page, which I love designing about pages. So they're like, Hey, what should we do? We love des- We want our about page to connect with our ideal client, but it's kind of anno- annoying because we know we should put like, pearls and Starbucks and pumpkin spice lattes. That's like, that's what we loved, but we're really not those kind of people. We love like, you know, extreme sports and jumping out of airplanes. And like, so we just don't know really how to attract the average bride. And I was like, well, first of all, do you want to work with the average bride or would you love to work with someone more adventuresome? And they're like, oh yeah, like we would love that, but we just haven't found anyone like that. 
And I was like, well, I think the problem isn't that you can't find them. It's probably that they can't find you because you currently have pearls and Starbucks on your website. So they have no idea how awesome you are. And you know, your about page needs to be like a video of you guys jumping out of a plane with your client in a wedding dress next to you, you know, (laughs) make it, make it who you are, like take that step. Um, and that was just a new concept for them because they were, they had kind of pictured the market as this one person, as this very normal, traditional bride and they were trying to reach her instead of reaching their ideal version of who they would love to reach, who is out there, who's totally out there. Um, and so that would be my advice is just, is try to hone in on that person that you're trying to reach. And if they have like a picture of them jumping off of an airplane, the bride who wants a traditional wedding and like loves pumpkin spice lattes might not reach out to them. And that's okay. Cause they're going to get 10 inquiries from their ideal client instead. Right. I love that. And It's so funny to me because people will always tell me, well, I'm not interesting enough. I'm so basic. And we, I laugh at them all the time because I'm like, you guys, I have created a brand around macaroni and cheese. Like you will not walk (laughs) down the grocery store aisle and see mac and cheese and not think of me. And that's the goal is because I don't want people to just think about me when they see a wedding. I want to be front of mind when they're cooking dinner or when they're hungry for carbs, like whatever that looks like. And so I love that because you want to be memorable beyond just what you do. You want to be memorable for who you are. And I think that is how you're going to connect with more people that are just like you. And that's where the real power comes into play. Totally. And I think that, I think, so I have two points on this. Number one, yes, like we say that your brand and your website should be creating points of connection with your ideal client. So you should be tossing little goodies out there. Like I love mac and cheese. Like that's something that people are, they're looking for a a way to relate to you. And the analogy that I use is like at a cocktail party, you're like desperate to find something in common. Like you're just begging to find like, did we go to the same place? Do we go to the same gas station? Like, is there anything (laughs) that I can use as a benchmark for conversation? And that's the same thing in, in life in general. And so people are going through your website. They're looking for a reason to connect with you. So give them, give them some reasons, give them some things outside of your work that make you who you are or that make your work what it is. Um, because people are begging for that. And then my second point is that then level that up. So if you love Starbucks, pumpkin spice lattes, don't just tell them that you love pumpkin spice lattes. Like I love that you say that you like mac and cheese, but it's not that you just like mac and cheese. It's like every Monday I have this ritual that I have macaroni and cheese. I love these particular shapes. This is why I love it. Like you reiterate it over and over in different ways. And so it has depth to it. And it's also something that's true of you, (laughs) which is another good point. So if you don't like love pumpkin spice lattes, if that's not a huge part of who you are, maybe don't include that. Maybe like try to find something that's more intrinsic to who you are. Like I always say that I love neutrals and that my house never left Pleasantville. And it's true. Like if you know me, my wardrobe is like 90% neutral. My house is 90% neutral. If my daughter wears a color, it's like a miracle. And so that's, that's something that people know about me and like appreciate about me, but it's also true. And if you came into my house after I'd shared this on social media and I had like red walls, you'd be like, what the hell, Jennifer? (laughs) Wait a second. Who are you lying to? Right. Exactly. Like, why are you trying to be this person? So I think it's helpful whenever you start taking the pressure off of yourself to conform to this like specific person that you have in your mind versus the person you actually are. So go a step deeper once you've decided to figure out what your points of connection are and, and determine why it is you love the things you love and be thoughtful about how you share them with others. Well, and two, like, don't be afraid to to share the weird, quirky things, because if you 
I mean, I like pumpkin spice lattes, but you're never going to find that on my website because that's putting me into a sea of other people who claim that as part of their brand. And so it's so funny because I have yet to meet someone else who has mac and cheese a part of their brand. So don't be afraid to share those things that make you a little different because even if it's something that maybe people don't like mac and cheese, but they can relate with the fact that they have a favorite food that they eat weekly or something like that. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm not attracting brides who love mac and cheese. Some of them Mm. probably do, but that just stands out above everyone else who is sharing the same things. It makes you a person and not a brand. I think that's what it does. It just humanizes you. And people who you don't even think, my client, Hope Taylor, she, it's so cute. When she came to my house for a design intensive, she told me that she hates greens. Like she hates vegetables. She doesn't (laughs) like salads. Like she has like the appetite of a toddler basically, but my toddler will eat greens. So she's different (laughs) than a normal toddler, but she has on her website that she hates salad. Like doesn't believe that we were made to eat vegetables and she loves donuts. And she said that recently she had a bride who she didn't even think really liked her that much that like didn't seem personally involved with her at all. She messaged her on her honeymoon the first day. Like they left the wedding. They barely talked at the wedding. Like Hope did a great job, but she just wasn't super like into it. You know, the, yeah. the bride wasn't like super responsive. And she like texted Hope from her honeymoon in Paris and was like, and it was a photo of donuts in the hotel oh foyer. And she was like, Oh, I thought of you. And Hope was like, Oh my gosh. Like I didn't think she knew anything about me, carried anything about me, but because I shared, which is very true of Hope that she loves donuts, she's always posting about them on social media. <laughs> she, she connected that. That was a point of connection. And that was, that just created a relationship there that Hope wasn't even sure that there already was. So it just is so powerful when it's done well. Amazing. So what is the number one piece of advice that you've gotten in terms of being an entrepreneur and a girl boss? Okay, so I hit on this a little bit earlier, but the the best piece of advice is incorporate what you love into what you do. So if there is something that makes you who you are as a person and that you are with your friends um, and that you are in your other relationships, if you're keeping that out of your business, then you're doing it wrong. So a great example is what I mentioned earlier. I love hospitality. I love entertaining. I love cocktails and throwing cocktail parties. In fact, Tonic Site Shop it's based the entire site collection. They're all named after cocktails. And so this gives us a very, very good reason to drink as a business expense mostly, but also, um, it's really cool. And so people associate that with Jeff and I now, like anytime we go to a conference, we're like, where should we go for drinks afterwards? What are you guys making tonight? And so that was like, that's a huge part of what I love. I love great food. I love great drinks. And, and we're able to incorporate that into our business and entertaining. I love incorporating that. And then another example of this, um, a client of mine, Shay Cox, she is extremely fashionable like always is dressed to kill like dressed super super well and so on her Instagram she shares her SC style guide it's this hashtag that she uses to share her outfits and you can go through and it's like this awesome lookbook and she's not she's not a designer she's not a fashion designer she's not a model she's not selling clothing but that's part of what she loves and that becomes part of who she is in her business and that's something that her clients are going to associate with her and that they appreciate about her and so if there's something that that you Yeah, it's so powerful. And then just like, it also makes her an arbiter of good style in general. And since, so since she sells kind of a stock shop, that's what she has. The SE stock shop is, which is awesome. She has these styled stock images. And so it just levels her up in terms of your perception of her style to begin with. So it's very smart. Um, but it's also what she loves. So I think that it's worth 
thinking through like, what are the things that I love that could be an asset in my business? And are there some ways for me to incorporate them more into what I love to do so that you, you begin to do more of what you love in your work? I have the funniest story about Jen. It's not bad. Don't worry. Um, oh gosh, yeah. I was like, oh no. The we get deliveries every day, and our dogs go crazy <laughs> when they when the UPS or the FedEx guy comes. It's always this awkward, chaotic zoo where I'm trying to like pick them up, open the door. I usually have you know yoga pants on and a mask on my face. And the UPS guy came, and I had to sign for something. He asked me if I was 21, which I laughed because I was like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> And I get into my kitchen and I open up the package and it's all these bottles of gin. And it was so funny because I immediately knew it was either from Jen or from Jeff of the Tonic Sight Shop. And it was the most thoughtful thing, but it was so such a great testament that that is their brand and it's become a piece of it and that they're sharing it with others. And it was so funny because Drew and I were like, all right, we got to drink some gin and tonics now. Um, (laughs) But it was just such a cool thing because you want people to think about you and your business and your work beyond just the service or the product that you provide. And so creating that experience, whether it's through a custom site or a template site or whatever your budget allows for the time being, you want to create an experience. You don't just want to create a sale. And so that's what I love so much about the work that you create. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. You have like people say that you have about 0.08 seconds on the internet to create a, to create an impression and make people to decide if they want to stay on your website. And so that's the average site visit time is like 0.08 seconds. So that's a really short period of time. You have to create a spark. You have to create an immediate impact. And a part of what that, what that entails is creating an experience that people want to spend time in. Jeff and I always think about it being like a really well curated store. When you walk in and you're like, can I just please live here? Like, I'm going to put a tent in this back corner. Like anthropology. Exactly. When you walk in and you're just like, yes, like I don't even need to buy anything. Just being here was a gift. So that's, and I feel like your site does that so well. So if you haven't been to Jenna's site, jennacutcher.com, it totally creates an experience. You want to keep exploring because there's so many layers. There's so many fun things to do. And that was very intentional. And so the average time, I think I've done now a survey of all of my clients and the average time that people spend on most of my clients' websites, it's like over eight minutes, which is crazy town. So if you think of like 0.08 seconds to eight minutes, people are spending time with them. And so how much more likely do you think people are to book someone that they've spent eight to 10 minutes browsing their website than like 0.1 second. You know, that's, it's just, you can't beat it. You really can't. So that kind of experience really creates a relationship from the very first impression, which you just is invaluable. So let's, in closing, I want, if you could give people, let's say our listeners take 10 minutes today, what homework would you give them if they just want to see where their brand is at and, you know, kind of see if they're going in the right direction, what homework would you give for 10 minutes of time? 10 minutes. Okay. So 10 minutes of time, number one, fill out the brand interview. So we'll have that for you because that will only take you five minutes. So you'll have five minutes left. Um, the, the second thing that I would have them do is figure out what their points of connection are with their ideal client. So sit down and figure out what is it that you love that your clients love? What is it that you enjoy doing that your other, that your clients might enjoy doing? And don't just put these things on your website. Begin now. Start Instagramming about them. Start mentioning them on Facebook. Like, oh, I'm headed to our weekly dinner at this place because we love rituals. Start saying now that you can begin threading that 
into your brand and into your persona so that there are points of connection for your clients. So you, that's something that you can sit down and do right now. The next thing is stop looking at other people's websites. <laughs> and that's like an easy one because it takes no time to stop doing it. And start looking for inspiration elsewhere. Start looking at interior design. Start looking through awesome magazines. That's like my favorite place to look for inspiration is like beautiful editorial magazines because they have thought so carefully about how to maximize the space and the visual interest. So that's a great place to start. Um, look at clothing. Like, what is it that I like about this? So if you can start sourcing inspiration from other places besides brands and websites that are created for other people, you're going to end up with something that's wholly yours. So those are probably, that's probably 10 minutes worth of time and it'll be well worth it. That's amazing. And you can pick up Jen's interview guide. We're going to have it in the show notes at golddiggerpodcast.com, which is a beautiful page that she designed. So you can experience a Jen Olmstead design. And Jen, where can people find you online? So you can find me online at jenolmstead.com, which is mostly just a pass through to tonicsideshop.com. Love it. And what about your Instagram and everything? Oh, Instagram. Yeah, I am Jen Olmstead and at Tonic Side Shop and at Jen Olmstead everywhere else. Awesome. And you guys have to go look at her adorable daughter, Serena. I am so excited. We are all going to be together super soon in sunny Arizona. And I get to hang out and stay in a house with Jen and Jeff and their co-partners um, for a few days. And it just goes to show how deep friendships become. It's not just relationship that involves business, it truly, truly becomes a really, really beloved friendship that, I mean, you value so deeply and choose people to work with that you just, you think the best of them. Cause I think that's such an amazing way to run your business and your life. Yeah. Just in general, work with people, be with people you like. This is great advice. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Jen, for hanging out today. And thank you for sharing everything with the listeners. I am so thankful for everything you've done for my business. And I can't wait to keep shouting you from the rooftops. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. You gold digging dream chaser, you.